Welcome in to the Who Day Den, home of the 0-1 Cincinnati Bengals after a very difficult week one. That was a hard game to watch if you're a Bengals fan, um, reminiscent of the 1990s where you just get dominated and then you, after the game, feel like you just wasted three hours of your Sunday and think, man, why did I make myself sit through that? We have the benefit of having a more talented team, obviously, than the mid-90s, so we we expect to bounce back, but it did not make today's game any more fun as the Bengals fall by three touchdowns in Cleveland to kick off the 2023 season. There is a lot of blame to go around. I actually, I think this is just going to be a ranting episode, so bear with me. I want to start with, I I think I'm going to try to start with least problematic or like least amount of blame and and work up from there um i will say the defense played well for the majority of the game there was a lot working against the defense today the offense did not sustain any drives so the defense was on the field a lot if you look at the first half the bengals offense their drives were two minutes and 55 seconds long 131 126 58 seconds a three minute drive then a minute 36 31 seconds and it was halftime down 10 to nothing so the bengals failed to sustain drives offensively and as such your defense gets taxed a little bit so i will say i I saw a few takes of like hey at least the the defense was really really good and i think there was great things from the defense i was pleased to see the pressure we were getting some manufactured uh pressures i saw um Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt come on a blitz early in the game and get to Watson for the sack. I think Hilton came on a blitz later and put a hit on Watson as he was trying to go deep, forced him to get rid of the ball a little bit earlier than he wanted to force an incompletion. So Hendrickson was in the backfield a lot. He's going to be a menace as he usually is all season long. So there were some good things there. I thought Nick Scott played fine. Dax played fine. Um, It was a fine performance from them, but I would be curious if they were going up against a quarterback. Watson played terrible. If they went up against a quarterback that played an average game or above average game, they might have been down by more than 10 points at halftime and down by more than 10 points after three quarters uh, because Deshaun missed a lot of wide open receivers a number of times, guys sitting down in a zone, and Watson either skipped the ball to them or um, had it bounce off their hands. I think David Bell had a pretty egregious drop. The The defense also gave up a lot of big plays. And it's, this can't all go filed under while they were on the field a lot. Because some of it, I mean, it was from the, these are just mainly first half stats that I'm looking at. Um, there were second half stats mixed in here, but a lot of them came in the first half still. When you would assume that your defense is not getting completely worn out. The defense gave up 15, this is just by my count, 15 plays of 10 plus yards. Nine of them were running plays. Some from Nick Chubb, some from Deshaun Watson, some from Jerome Ford. I thought the the defense giving up a touchdown before the half was a really bad drive for them. Cleveland gets the ball with a minute and a half left at their own 33-yard line in a 3 to nothing game and proceed to drive down the field with gains of 19 yards, 11 yards, 12 yards. 
and then the run by Watson for 13 yards. The defense just did not clamp down as we're used to them bending, not breaking. I think that hurt. No idea whether the game would have gone differently had they just given up a field goal there and it's 6 nothing in the half instead of 10 nothing. But it definitely felt different, at least from watching. Uh, from a fan's perspective, it felt a lot more um, important that we went down two scores there instead of one with how our offense looked. They were fine, though. I wouldn't say I'm worried about the defense, but I'm not necessarily ready to praise them as outstanding. I think there's some things they would need to work on as well. But again, not the reason we lost the game by any means. Punting was atrocious. Not the reason we lost the game. Because ideally, your punter is not kicking the ball 10 times in a game. I hope Brad Robbins never has to punt more than two times in a game because we're moving the ball and scoring and whatnot. But 10 punts is plenty of opportunities for your punter. This was not an instance of he had a couple missed kicks or shanked one. I mean, by my count, and this is I'm not a, a punting aficionado but i think like eight of the 10 punts were not great either they were short they were shanked they didn't have a lot of hang time they were right in the middle of the field uh he had a chance to pin them deep when we punted from the 38 yard line i'll get to that decision later but had a chance to pin them deep sends it into the end zone for a net of 18 yards it was not a great day for brad robbins i'm not going to bury the guy um and hopefully he improves. But that was an area I think that's disappointing because we thought that that was going to be a pretty obvious improvement, a pretty easy improvement at the punter position. And the dude had plenty of opportunities to help flip the field today and simply did not do that. Field position was an issue for this offense for Cincinnati all day long. Not the reason we lost the game, though, but frustrating nonetheless. Evan McPherson. I love Evan McPherson. Good dude. Looks like he's like 12 years old. I don't know how you could ever dislike dislike him when he just looks like just such like an innocent little kid. But Evan McPherson missed a kick, which which hurt the win probability. Again, not the reason we lost the game. Not the reason we lost the game at all. The play calling leading up to that, also bad. We'll touch on that later. But he missed a kick. Ideal conditions? Absolutely not. Rainy, wet, not great. But at that point in the game, down 10-3, to three and we... Uh, had gotten the ball back off of an interception. Offense, of course, stalls out. A chance to cut it to 10-6. to 6. Would it have made a difference? Who knows? But missed the 51-yard field goal wide right. Um, really from the start, you could tell it was not going to um, make it through the upright. So a missed kick. And am I worried about Evan McPherson? No, not necessarily. Um, I do kind of feel like, not to be too hard or like uh, going too dramatic here, I do kind of feel like rookie season Evan McPherson was a bit of a fever dream um and I think he's probably a, a really good kicker and not a I don't know I don't want to say he's not an excellent I, I'll get I'll get dragged for that take I just think last year he missed some kicks that we thought he would have made based off what we saw from his rookie season and then he missed you know kick today where you're just like man I used to think that any any kick he was going to hit even up to like 55 yards and now I'm kind of wondering whether he's going to make them or not. And um, <clears throat> not the reason we lost the game, but just something I didn't love about this one. One of the other things that went wrong. If you want to get into what went wrong, and uh, this is not going to be a long episode because, one, if you might be able to tell I'm sick, I popped a Ricola right before Ricola, right before uh, I hit record, but it will surely wear off, and I did not bring another one with me down to the recording studio, a.k.a. the basement. Um, 
So I will start coughing at some point and that's not pleasant. But also it's just there's just like not a lot to talk about from this game that um, I want to spend a lot of time on. And I think there's some things that I, I will touch on a little bit too that I'm worried about going forward. I don't think this is a game you just completely say kind of like the Halloween game. There's more that went on that game that just felt fluky that you could say just throw it all out. This one, I think you're hoping that this stuff was kind of one off things that happened and aren't going to become trend. But there was some concerning things that I will be looking next week to make sure aren't becoming a habit. But other than that, there's not a whole lot to to harp on. Um, But you cannot win a game when your quarterback plays as poorly as Joe Burrow did. And I mean, I'm not sure how to, I mean, I'm assuming anybody listening to this watched the game. It almost feels like the final numbers don't even do justice for how bad the game was, even though the final numbers are also really bad. He didn't even get like down three scores. A You think about that Monday night game. Last year, he had some pretty rough stats, but then we had the long touchdown to T when the game was sort of already out of hand, and that helps a little bit. He didn't even get one of those drives where he got some gimmies. The final stat line is bad, and even that doesn't feel like it does justice to how poorly Joe Burrow played. 14 of 31, your most accurate passer in NFL history, completing less than 50% of his passes, 82 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, That was a Kenny Pickett-esque performance from Joe Burrow and you hope that and I think most Bengals fans are fairly confident you're never going to see Joe Burrow play like that again hopefully Uh, hopefully hopefully that feels like the biggest outlier from this game that being said it wasn't I think there are some things that I'm I'm curious about there were there were factors I won't call them excuses I think they're factors they all play into it Um, sure give credit to Cleveland's defense other factors include the weather not great Um, we saw it impact Watson as well on some of his throws Burrow kind of toggling between wearing a glove and not wearing a glove on his throwing hand which you know usually he doesn't Um, obviously weather was a factor the the I'm guessing lack of training camp or uh, preseason I guess messed with communication which I kind of I guess that part surprised me a little bit. The rust didn't surprise me. I thought Joe likely wasn't going to come out just firing on all cylinders. I had hoped that it would be a quarter or two. And by halftime, we got things figured out. Unfortunately, it lasted the whole game. That part surprised me. Really didn't think it would be a whole game of this. But the rust, not necessarily the mental lapses. It seemed like him and T were not on the same page. Had a couple of delay of game penalties, which just seemed uncharacteristic of Joe. His... Um, pocket presence was not there today. Seemed rushed, hurried, and panicked. Um, whenever, I mean, whenever he had the ball for more than two seconds in his hands, it. I'm not sure whether he was instructed not to scramble, whether he's not comfortable scrambling, whether he's too injured to scramble. But that looked like the last thing on his mind was at any point running with the ball and moving forward with the ball in his hands at all. He would rather clock it into the ground, throw it out of bounds hurry up and dump it off to Irv Smith or Joe Mixon or something like that, then he would try to scramble, which I want him to protect himself, right? But I I was a little concerned with how hesitant he looked to run because I expressed my concerns from his press conference comments earlier last week, whether he was fully healthy or not. He talked about 
still experiencing tightness and managing it day by day and good days and bad days. And it didn't sound like he was talking in past tense. And then in the first quarter, the camera show him stretching his calf, which what I mean, pro, is, is he proactively just stretching it and keeping it stretched? I, I guess. Did he feel it tightening up a little bit? I don't know. But um, I don't love that. <laughs> I don't love that because at this point, we're seven weeks or something removed from the injury. You would think that he would be healed up. And maybe it is one of those things where he just has to get comfortable again and trust his body again. I just would have expected that to be more that that was a super legit excuse coming back from an ACL reconstruction and all that type of stuff coming back from a strained calf. I would think that rehabbing that taking extra time off um, from that would let him come back full speed and confident. And he did not look that those things at all today. And I think you look back at week one of last year, Pittsburgh at home. That was another game, undesirable outcome. Joe didn't look great that game, but final numbers, 33 completions, 338 yards, two touchdowns. He had the four interceptions, if you recall, from last year, seven sacks last year, but he ran the ball six times for 47 yards. So granted, he was not coming off of a lower extremity injury. It was a uh, appendectomy stuff, but he didn't look like him himself fully, but there were plenty of glimpses of Joe Burrow. And what concerned me today is for four quarters for what well, he took all but the last, I think, two drives, right? So how many drives did he have? Ten, something like that. I guess I could do a count really quick. Uh, but however many drives he had, 12, 13 drives. I am struggling off the top of my head to think of flashes of Joe Burrow that popped up. There were very few instances where I was like, ah, there's Joe Burrow making it a tough throw into a tight window, escaping pressure and doing a Houdini act to complete a pass. Didn't see anything today that looked remotely like the Joe Burrow we were used to. And that concerns me because you would expect at some point, I mean, Deshaun Watson did not look great today. He had, again, like I said, lots of throws skipped short off target, etc. But I'm sure there were there were glimpses of Deshaun Watson, his ability to scramble, especially you saw him five carries for 45 yards, cash the over. Well, I can't say cashed because it was part of a parlay and I missed my other two legs. But I did think Watson would go over his rushing yard prop and he did. Um, those were glimpses of Deshaun Watson, perhaps uh, he did have a couple throws um, granted to pretty open receivers, but had some throws down the field that he completed that you could say, oh, there's a there's a glimpse of Deshaun Watson that we want to see. If you're a Browns fan, I didn't see it from Joe. He had no touch on his deep passes. Um, I don't know if he's still hurt, just was uncomfortable, just was rusty. I would not. Ha I honestly was surprised that the rust lasted for an entire four quarters. That that really surprised me. And uh any Bengals fan that says they're not surprised by that result, they're lying. Uh, you can say you could, you expected a dogfight and for Cleveland to play us tough and we struggle there, but nobody that I saw from Cincinnati was predicting a three touchdown loss and we didn't score the ball into the end zone. I mean, that's unbelievable and unacceptable with this offense. Burrow has to be better, likely will be better. Can't, honestly, knock on wood, cannot be much worse, but I will say I am. For, from him, I'm concerned about how bad it was without any glimpses of good. And so next week, obviously, if he had another performance even 
remotely like this, then you would really start to wonder how much the calf is still an issue or something. I don't anticipate that that occurring, but something to to consider. Uh, I I honestly was at a loss for words watching. I didn't know who this quarterback was um, back there in in week one for Cincinnati, but an all time poor performance from Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor honestly had a terrible game and he's had bad moments. Uh, as you know, last year, even as the team was doing well, he has moments where fans are scratching their heads. They're puzzled. I was a known Zach Taylor hater early in his career, then then grew to be a Zach Taylor fan supporter. And it was hard to get behind anything that he did today. And I know the the play calling is a joint effort from Zach and Joe and Callahan and whatever, but it was it was bad. The play calls didn't make sense. You look at the final numbers and you see 32 pass attempts and 20 rush attempts and you say, oh, about 60-40 pass run. That's what we expect from Cincinnati. That That is not what you would have expected, not what should have occurred in a game like today when Joe Burrow very clearly did not have it, was not going to all of a sudden have it. Receivers weren't getting open and your running backs were averaging five yards a carry. You have to get more carries and it was maddening to me that joe mixon that like the the worst drive of the game and i'm not a dude that you go down 10 to nothing in the first half and you say well that's ball game i can't stand when people do that uh and even with this team i'd say even when it was like 13 to 3 there was still is late in the third quarter but it's like eh, you can get another turnover from watson and get a field goal and a touchdown and you're tied up uh you're not out of it. But there were two different drives in this game where I was like, this feels like this isn't going well for us, um, especially from the Zach Taylor perspective. Down three to nothing just uh, early on in the second quarter. First play of the game or first play of the drive, Joe Mixon 12 yards. Next, Joe Mixon 22 yards. He's got juice. He's making guys miss. He's gaining 34 yards on two carries. I will credit Zach Taylor that we didn't abandon the run. It was then Travion Williams who slipped and crawled forward for two yards, then five yards and set up a third and three. Now, my issue is, is one, Joe Mixon did not come back into the game or come back into the game for the rest of that drive. So never got another opportunity when he's clearly, you know, got something going there on those two carries does not come back into the game. I don't know Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon's conditioning his stamina, but I would think he was not so winded after the second run that he could not come back into the game. Travion Williams gained seven yards on the next two carries, sets up a third and three. Okay, this is the next part. You know, bringing Joe, not bringing Joe Mixon back, puzzling, but okay. You set up a third and three from the Cleveland thirty-eight. This is your first drive all day where you've moved the ball. Your previous drives were punt, 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 and here you are finally in Cleveland territory, and third and three. Somebody, I'm going to say Zach Taylor, dials up a deep pass to T. Higgins. Not the type, I love T. Higgins. I don't mind taking deep shots. I like the aggressiveness. That's not the time or the situation to call that, in my opinion. Incomplete pass. Now, sets up a fourth and three. Did you go deep because you're going to go for it on fourth and three? No. Instead, you decide to punt the ball from the 38-yard line of Cleveland and Robbins puts it into the end zone for a net of 18 yards. 
Cleveland didn't make us pay next drive. They punted as well. But that was a very clear opportunity to get points. Try a long field goal. Try to make it three to three. Or go for it on fourth down. Third and three, you could have run the ball again, likely gotten a first down. Or if you did not get the first down, set up a fourth and very short to go for it. You could have run a pass route that was a higher likelihood of completion, whether it's a quick hitter to Jamar Chase, whether you want to try to hit Mixon out of the flat, which of course they couldn't because he wasn't brought back into the game, but hit a running back out in the flat, something to try to gain those three yards instead of trying to get 20, 30 yards with T. Higgins. Just didn't make sense. That drive was rough. The other drive that really bothered me was for the missed field goal. Um, You've got a third and four from the Cleveland 33 midway through the third quarter down 10 to three. Again, we go deep to T Higgins and complete. You've got fourth and four from the 33. Are you going to go for it? Try to keep the drive moving. The only reason you're even in field goal range is because we picked off Watson. This was not a a opportunity. This was not a, a instance where our offense was driving and moving the ball again. We were gifted this field position, and instead we opt for the field goal, which McPherson misses, and he should have made it, 51-yarder, he misses it. But the lack of aggression to go for it on fourth down, the lack of a plan, it felt like on third down to try to gain some yardage, to make it an easier play for you on third down, to set up a more um, probable fourth down that you could try to go for, that hurt next drive. Cleveland scores goes up to two scores, 13 to three rest is history. Zach Taylor, not his best performance. And I'm going to hope that he gets better because in a game like today, coming into the game, Cincinnati 25 and seven under Joe Burrow, when he is sacked three or fewer times, he was sacked two times today. Cincinnati uh, during the Joe Burrow era, era nine, three and one when plus two in the turnover margin department today, two turnovers forced, no turnovers for the offense. And you lost the game, not just barely lost, lost by three touchdowns. That is unacceptable and kind of unbelievable. What's 25, 25 and seven. So that's like 25 out of 32. So you got a 78% winning percentage when Burrow doesn't take uh, more than three sacks. I know he was pressured today. Sacks aren't everything, but only sacked two times. And and when you look at the touchdown interceptions in those games where you think Joe's probably more comfortable in the pocket, 67 touchdowns to 18 interceptions in those 32 games. So roughly, you know, two touchdowns and half of an interception in those games. So obviously Joe's more comfortable in those situations when he's got time. Most quarterbacks are, and you're not able to capitalize on that. And then nine three and one when you are plus two in turnover margin and you lose the game not a great performance from really anyone on this team today and um other than the running backs who look decent but didn't get enough opportunities it will set up a massive week two um, showdown against the ravens cannot afford to start zero and two in the division if you have your sights set on a number one seed in the conference which i think the bengals do you're going to need to win your division, and it's hard to do that. Not impossible, but we we know it's hard to do it when you start 0-2, and you dropped your first one to Cleveland. And I would have been fine winning that game. I mean, obviously, but I would have been fine even if we had that ugly of a game and we ended up winning like 13-10. to 10. At least you've got the win, and you can figure out the rest later. Here, you, you've got a lot to figure out, and you're, you got hung a pretty big loss. 24 to three. So a lot to to look forward to. We'll talk about it later this week as well. 
um, adjustments were looking to be made for week two against Baltimore, who will enter the game at one and zero after beating the Texans in their home opener. It'll be at Paycor, and we hope to see a very different performance out of this offense than what we saw against Cleveland. But until next time, Bengals fans, who day? <laughs>